Good morning. Here's my heart, Lord. Who here has given their heart to Jesus? Show your hands. Can I put that to the test this morning? Can I step on some toes this morning? Sometimes when we give our heart to Jesus, we don't truly know what that means or what it takes. Sometimes there's sacrifice. Sometimes it's all-knowing. It's an instantaneous thing. But it's also amazing that through life, we learn to accept sinful things, things that we see each and every day, things that we hear each and every day from the radio, from the television, from news, from movies, in the classrooms. Shall we go on? And we start to accept that as natural. As natural as it is for you to sit there and breathe, blink your eyes. I'll tell you what, before Jesus got a hold of me, I claimed to be a follower of Christ. I thought I had to give my heart to Jesus. But you know where I would be Sunday mornings? Sleeping off a hangover. Staying in bed because I was too tired. I was fine to spend all night long with friends. Had no problem doing that. And even if I was too tired, if they were to call me up when church was beginning, I'd have no problem going back over there. Anybody's toes being stepped on yet? Mine hurt. <laughs> Mine hurt. So if we're honest with ourselves, are there times that we're not really walking with God? We talk about the power of Jesus. We talk about the power of what he can do for us. We talked about giving our heart to Jesus through the songs. Okay? But if we're honest with ourselves, are we truly followers? And have we truly given our hearts to Jesus? The heart reveals all. All that there is about us. Through our actions, through our words. The heart is going to tell the truth no matter how often we want to kind of stretch that truth a little bit. Even though my head wasn't in the right place. And I kind of knew it. People started to say things. Family members. It came to a point where I had to lose everything. Everything. Family. Job. Before I could see what Jesus was trying to do. Has anybody here lost everything? Okay. Thank you for that. It hurts, doesn't it? And we start to play the blame game. 
wasn't me. It was everybody else. It couldn't have been me. They don't understand me. But when we have that realization and we come to terms with ourselves and we stand in front of that mirror, that's when it hits. So I want to talk to you a little bit. I want to give you, I've used this object lesson once before and it turned out really, really good. So I'm hoping I've got the recipe right. But I do want to warn you, I've brought something extremely dangerous into your church. And I do mean dangerous. Sin. Does sin come in big packages or little packages? Okay, it come in both. But when we look at sin, for us to accept sin, do we accept it all at one time? Or does it usually just come in as a little bit at a time? A little bit at a time. Because why? Satan is a smart guy. If he gave it to us all one time, we'd, we would see right through it and say, oh, no, 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 that's wrong. But you know what? If he gives it to you a little piece at a time, it's kind of like eating an elephant. One bite at a time. You eventually get through that elephant. And again, it becomes, and it feels natural. So I want to do a little experiment here. I've brought your heart. Okay. I brought sin. Does anybody hear sin today? Be honest. Tell me a sin. Yell it out. I'm sorry? Cursing. Okay, there's one. I just need one more. We're only going to release two sins today. Okay. We judged. Okay. Sin is so powerful. Let's see what sin does to our heart. Two sins. Cursing. Judgment. Two sins. Two little tiny things that we wouldn't think about normally. We try to be better. We try to do the right thing. Look what it does to our heart. It darkens our heart. It hardens our heart. Okay. Now, who loves Jesus? We have Jesus here. White. He's pure. What have we been told about Jesus? He's going to cleanse us, right? He's going to wash us white as snow. He's going to cleanse us. All right. Let's see what happens. Careful. Uh, we'll put a little hole, hole there so sin can't escape too fast. He 
you think I'm kidding? Come on. Uh-oh. That didn't hold true, did it? My experiment didn't work. Or did it? Okay. Here we have Jesus that we've just added to sin. Our heart is still pretty dark. Does that mean Jesus' words are false? What does it mean? If we look at 1 John, if you want to open up your Bibles, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. And we're just going to leave sin there on the table and let Jesus be with us here today. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Uh oh But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. All from sin. Anywhere in that statement, does that say that Jesus is going to clear, clean us and cleanse us just like that? No. Just like sin entered in our lives, one piece at a time. We have to look at it in that fashion. In the past decades, there has been an aversion to the word sin. It's a bad word. It cuts deep. If I point to you and say, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. How does that make you feel? Not really good, does it? But they want us to go politically correct. Gosh, you haven't done things quite right in your life. Gee, Maybe that might could could have been a little harsh, but well, well, that's okay. Everybody wants to whitewash it, don't they? From the news to the schools to the government, everybody has their own little phrase for sin. But you know what? If we don't address sin for what it is, it will change us. And unfortunately, if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, it really should. Because either we're gonna, we need to deal with sin, or we're going to have to deal with the ugly, dark consequences of sin. But you know what? The benefit comes from receiving Jesus Christ is that he promises to purify us. But he promises to work with in us. So we can claim to say, yes, I received Jesus Christ. I accept him into my heart. But if you don't truly open your heart 
put it right here. Here I am. Here's my heart, Lord. Here it is. This is yours. If you don't jump into this, both feet, here I am. Do your work in me. Then we don't have a chance. Because now who's taking control of your life? You are. And if you're in control of your life, Jesus can't be. Ouch. Golly, I keep stubbing my toes up here. Either that or somebody's stepping on them. But it's our choice, our decisions. It's that little voice in the back of our head that we're not listening to that says, don't do this. It's the other voice that's saying, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Nobody got upset with that. You need to dress modestly. If you cursed, it's acceptable. Everybody does it. Right? So if it's so acceptable, why didn't Jesus do that? But if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, he will cleanse us from all our sins. God is the eternal boundless light and he sent a mediator to work within us who would that be holy spirit okay now in the light of the world is jesus and if we choose to allow him into our lives and we choose to fellowship with him change can take place slowly it's just like sin entering your body if somebody comes to tell you you can't do that anymore because that's wrong okay who's going to go out and just continue doing it who was a teenager once <laughs> how many teenagers will fight you tooth and nail I didn't do that. I was watching you. <laughs> Where did they learn to lie? Simple cartoons. The news. <laughs> Political representatives. People in school. People in restaurants. If you watch, people do the craziest things. They will say things that you know aren't true. But they continue to do it because it feels natural. They get away with it. They're not convicted. We all inherited sin. Adam and Eve. She blamed him, he blamed her, they blamed the serpent. Wouldn't you have just loved to have been a fly on that wall? 
Would you believe me? He didn't mean to. That's it. I'd pull my hair out, but I don't have any. It's just easier to keep it short, so I don't pull it out. But in declaring that Jesus is the light of the world, Jesus is claiming that he is the exclusive. Did you hear that? The exclusive source of the spiritual light. Who gave him that authority? His father. But when Jesus applies his blood to us, he discharges us from the guilt of that sin. Because now our eyes are open. We can now take steps that he will direct us in. Because let's face it, and I don't mean this in, in a bad way, so please don't take it personally. We're not smart enough to realize when we're doing bad, but he works within us and gently directs us. Is that not the truth? If we try to do this on ourselves, what do we do? Excuses. Why we can't do it. But when Jesus works within us, step by step, it's like, you know what? Here's goal number one. Get up in the morning. Goal number two, brush your teeth. Goal number three, put your clothes on. And so on, and so on. Seems pretty natural, doesn't it? But what was, what was Satan telling you to do? Don't worry, stay in bed, relax, don't worry about it. He's trying to give you that comfort feeling. It's kind of like milk and cookies, right? Or is it cake and coffee? I'm not sure. I like them both. Can you tell? I like them a lot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 to 23. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light enters within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So if all we see is the darkness of the world, and all we want to associate with are those things that make us feel good, or that we're told that will make us feel good, or that we are told that are acceptable, guess what? We never get any closer to Jesus, to the shepherd, to our inheritance in heaven with our heavenly Father. We have to take that first step. It's on you. It's on me. But you know what? In this morning's prayer, and I love to hear that, the community. The community means everybody in here. Everybody helps 
everybody, where they don't have the strength to do it on their own, somebody else is here to do what? Pick us up. Because when we stumble, as a child, who picks us up? Mom and dad. When we stumble as a Christian, who picks us up? Jesus Christ. Unless we're not following him, then who picks us up? Darkness himself. And then that darkness just grows more and more. But the more we allow Jesus in, does anybody feel that warm feeling? That comfortable feeling? That I feel loved feeling? Sometimes it requires us to fall heavy. It requires us to get a bruise, to see how bad life truly is when we're walking down the wrong path. Proverbs 19, verse 3, a person's own folly leads the, to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Uh-oh. If we're following what we want to do, we're certainly not following God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Worldly influence. Slow and steady. We've talked about worldly influence, but do we really recognize what's happening to us? Do we watch ABC, CBS, NBC? Who are they trying to influence? How are they trying to influence you? Do they reveal the truth in reporting? CNN is just as bad. The truth has gone out of reporting for the most part. So, do we allow the reporters to dictate to us what is true? Or do we take it upon ourselves to look into it to see how true it really is? Are they taking it out of context? Twisting the words around a little bit to make it sound glorified? Make it sound really, really good? Have we ever done that as individuals? Well, let me just twist this around just a little bit. Make it look really, really good. I'm the victim. Everybody else is the problem. I got to believe in our walk at some point in our lives where we may have done that. I have. But I have no problem telling you that because I also know what the loving grace of Jesus Christ has done for me. It changes a person's heart. It changes their outlook. It changes how they view other people. 
it gives them the ability to want to extend themselves to others. In the midst of fear, in the midst of rejection, it still gives you the strength to do it over and over and over again. Why is that? Was that natural for us? Nope. Who showed us how to do that? There's a hint. Well, let's, let's pick on Pastor John. Since he's not here. Sound like a good idea? All right. We'll just use Pastor John. Pastor John, as a young man, used to steal kids' lunch money. All right? He used to go up there and just, you know what? I'm, I want your lunch money. I'm going to take it. I don't care if you're hungry. Well, okay. Then he ran across me. He stole my lunch money. Then one day I got bigger than he was. Hey, are you saying I'm fat? Come on. I saw you laughing. <laughs> so now I'm bigger than, than John is. So I'm going to go up and steal his lunch money, right? Doesn't that make it right? Why not? He did it for me, so I should be able to do it to him. Is that the way the world works? Ah, it is the way the world works, but is it the way we should work? No. Okay. <laughs> so it was wrong for, for, for Pastor John to steal my lunch money, so it's certainly wrong if I wanted to go back and steal it back from him. All right. That's, you take your wife, your girlfriend out for dinner. And you have a wonderful dinner. You're celebrating dessert, steaks, whatever. Bill comes up and it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is wrong. This is like half what we spent. Quick, let's pay it and get out of here. Hmm, I see a lot of smiles. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just doing this because they probably overcharged all the customers and never went back after them. Hmm. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to rationalize away why I want to do this. Versus, um, could you get my waiter or waitress? My check is wrong. We don't have the right check. Is this? There's no way this could be right for what we had. We had steaks, and they were... You know, $23 a piece, we had desserts, and this check is only for $28. I know this is wrong. Would you, could you check to make sure that we have the right check? Which is the better way to go? Versus thinking again, well, would the waiter come running out after me in the parking lot saying, I gave you the wrong check, I, gave you, I charged you too much? Or we have to start thinking about what's in our heart and the right things. Because if we allow worldly influence to creep in, it will change us. And what happens to our heart? It darkens our heart again. It hardens our heart. 
So the right thing is to stand up, say this is wrong, can we make it right? Television, my goodness. Who grew up on the wonderful world of Disney as a kid? Anybody? Okay. Were they good shows back then? Wholesome? No foul language? Okay. Let's look at our TV shows now. Even cartoons. The innuendos. The sexual overtones. They are even putting in the LGBTQ into children's television. They are telling us that we should accept this. But what does the Bible tell us? That this is wrong. Okay. So, but we have to be very, very careful here. We don't have to accept it. We should love the sinner, but not the sin. Okay. But all these things, people are, are pushing the limits all the time. Does everybody remember the Super Bowl? few years back it was Super Bowl 20 uh, what was it 28 38 it was with uh, Janet Jackson and um, oh gosh Justin Timberlake yes they're up there singing their songs and all of a sudden what happens yeah anybody buying that a wardrobe malfunction why did they do that Shock and all. If we start doing it, it'll become acceptable. So what do they do now? They give a 10-second delay on when they're doing these things in case they get public nudity or, or, or language. But what's happening on the news? You, you still hear it. They don't always bleep it out on television shows, on the movies that we watch. Everything has negative overtones doesn't make a difference what you're watching anymore. If you go to watch a movie, if you watch a TV commercial, it's negative, 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 and they're trying to indoctrinate you into the negative feel-good of acceptance. The old Nike slogan, just do it. It feels good. <laughs> I see a sneer. <laughs> Remember when that came out? Who's to blame for this? Everybody should be raising their hand right now. Because we allow the people that we vote into office to continue to change and dictate to us what is acceptable. They move further and further away from the truth. We have been asked to speak the truth. One of the biggest things that they talk to us about, the Bible isn't relevant anymore. The Bible is outdated. Has anybody heard that? Okay. Who have you heard it from? But why? Not that they don't believe, it's because it steps on their toes because they can't do what they want to do. 
So what's the, what do they want to do? They want to change it and rewrite the Bible so it makes them feel good. So now what are they doing? They have new Bibles that take out what God has said, what God has been teaching us, what God has set forth in his word that has been good for thousands of years. They say it's not relevant. It's not true. Well, wait a minute. So you're telling me that the scrolls that they found, the Dead Sea Scrolls, that have been validated, verified, and matched against the Word and say that the Word is true for what has been transcribed. That's all false. Well, yeah. Where do they get their information? Satan on their shoulder saying that we don't want to believe this because it doesn't make you feel good. So, let's see how well we pass this test. So if we're going to allow the world to influence us, and we say that the Bible is no longer relevant, okay, is it against the law to commit murder? Ooh. Okay, but what does the law tell us? We should not commit murder. People go to jail, right? Okay. Is it, is it proper to commit adultery? No. Okay. What about false testimony? You are as innocent as the day you were born, but somebody's come up and said that I saw you at the grocery store yesterday and you stole $500 from the register. It was you. Wait a minute. Now this person's ruining your life. You weren't even at the grocery store. But they've said it was you. Giving false testimony. Oh my. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not cover your neighbor's belongings. You should honor your mother and father. Do any of these really have a place in today's world? And where do these come from? The Bible. And they are the Ten Commandments that God gave to us how many thousands of years ago? Okay. So the Bible's not relevant anymore, right? Hmm. We have to make a choice. Does God's word mean something to us? And how are we going to allow this to influence our heart? Solomon. Solomon was the wisest king, wasn't he? Didn't he ask for wisdom from God? And God provided that to him? But if we look at Solomon, how wise was Solomon? He wound up falling into some pretty bad sin. So, as wise as Solomon was, and as smart as Solomon was, if Solomon could fall into sin, can't we fall into sin as well? 
But if we're not grounded in something other than somebody else's word, if we're not grounded in something that takes us away from the television that says, oh, this is okay, if we're not grounded, we can be led astray. Everything in life is, is a choice. Doesn't make a difference. People have told me for, for years, it's not a choice. I was born this way. Wait a minute. Anytime you actively participate robbing a store, adultery, gay lifestyle, anytime you actively participate, you have made a choice. True? So, we have a choice to make. How do we proceed from here? Look at a ship. Big cruise line. How m those things are hundreds of feet long, hundreds of feet wide. They weigh countless tons. And yet, they float on the water. Pretty amazing feats, aren't they? But what happens... I mean, it, it'll just survive out there and just float around. But if the water gets into the ship, what happens then? It's going to sink. We are that ship. If we allow sin into our bodies, we are going to sink. And the only thing that can save us is Jesus Christ. We have to believe. We have to offer ourselves to him. We have to make a commitment. And without a commitment, there is no salvation. If we just speak the words without action, We're just like leaves rustling in the background. They're there one moment, they're gone the next. Let's get back to our sin. Oh, I'm here. What have we seen happen? Change. So it is true. Jesus can change us. Jesus can cleanse us. It just takes a little bit of time and a whole lot of willingness. Sin's going to enter slow, but we thought it would disappear pretty quick. So that change your mind about Jesus? I hope not. He will cleanse you. He will save you. 
But you have to take the first step. If you allow yourself to live in darkness, you'll stay there. But then, you know what the neat thing is about darkness? It cannot survive in light. I don't care how dark this room gets. You put one little candle, just a little tiny birthday candle, and you light it, what happens to the darkness? It dissipates. It flees from the light. So if we add the love of the ultimate light of Jesus Christ, what's going to happen to that darkness? Oh, it was pretty dark when we started. Would you agree? Okay. As the clock ticks on, it's no different than our lives. We too will be cleansed, not only on the outside, but on the inside. Now, if there's anybody in here who has not accepted Jesus, I'm going to open the altars. And I would invite you to come forward. If there's anyone in here that would look to do a recommitment of their lives to Jesus Christ, I would invite you to come forward. Because Jesus, he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the, the light. Dear Lord, Protect our hearts. Protect us from the worldly influence that we are being bombarded with each and every day from the simple radio station to a TV commercial. Protect our children as they go to school. And we pray that your truth would be present in all these places that we visit from our job in traffic stores in our schools in the hospitals may we be that shining light may you give us the strength to persevere give us the strength and the courage to speak about you to others. And that courage to testify about what Christ has done for us in our own lives. Take this with you. Pray for a hedge of protection around you as you leave this place. Go in peace. Go in Christ's love. Amen.